You're listening to Creative Voices, sponsored by Treebark Store. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Creative Voices. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to have a very somber episode today because Andrew's a bit sore. Yeah. <laughs> like physically sore, not like upset about something. What happened, Andrew? <laughs> uh, I was I, I took up exercise, I tried to, and I got on my bike and I pedaled. Actually, the full story is I've started trying to tire out my dog by pedaling uh, pedaling along with dog and toe. Yeah. And I did that for three days in a row. And the first two days were fine. I mean, there were a few stop starts and whatever. The third day, she sent me flying. Um, well, I say flying. I landed on uh, on on top of the handlebars on my bike. Uh, I've been in pain for the past week. And went to the doctor. And the doctor suggests I probably crack, bust a rib in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and so he's given me lots of lovely drugs. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So don't make me laugh. I was going to say, I'm going to do my best to make Andrew absolutely piss himself laughing at some point today. <laughs> it's, it's one of those weird things, though, where you know when you're trying not to laugh? Oh, yeah. And then you, so you, yeah. yeah. I think I told you last week, I, I, I did something similar where I basically inserted a metal chilies bottle into my ribs while falling over so one day. You did, yeah. And I swear to God, it was just like for two weeks afterwards. It's like, it's, it's like when you're getting tattooed and the pain is there. Yeah. And you're trying to tune out the pain, but you actually kind of end up tuning into the pain. Yes. <laughs> you know? Just don't insert a Chili's bottle, bottle yeah. into you. Yeah, well, into your ribs. <laughs> <laughs> no, no questions <laughs> on your personal choice. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes, oh. mission accomplished. Oh, oh mother of God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's the subject today? Actually, how, how, have, you, how have you been? Ah, yeah. No, I've been good. Um, I suppose we've been doing our kind of interviews for the last couple of episodes and we've won two more to come out and we had one technical glitch. So we missed a week there where we had an issue with our Wi-Fi setup. But yeah, no, I've been good. Uh, It's been busy. Mm. You know, people are moving about a bit more. Yeah. Everybody wants to be in Connemara. So it's been pretty crazy. Yeah. When they're not, obviously, uh, on the piss by Mm. the beach. or the beach or driving cars around Salt Hill. There you go. Ooh, all controversial topics touched there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the topic? So, well, it's not so much a topic as it's, it's a bit of a ranty Jeff kind of moment, you know? Which I think you're, you're I'm probably, just opening the door. Yeah, I'm just yeah, going, yeah, on right, you go. Go on, off you, off, go on there, yeah. It's like walking the dog. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so uh, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions first. Mm. Okay, so... Have, I'm not going to ask you, do you have friends? I'm like, you have friends, obviously, right? That's not the question. Right? We all have friends, oh. right? So you talk to your friends and you talk about things. And maybe it's you very t- presumptuous talk, of yeah, you, Jeff. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, maybe you don't have friends. I'm not, you know, not going to judge. You have friends mm. and you talk about certain things. And mm. so maybe you talk to your friends about music, for example, okay? Mm-hmm. And you, I presume, have a lively debate with some friends over your choice in music and they may recommend something to you. Yeah. Fair enough assumption. Yeah. And you might not agree with them. Yeah. And you're happy to debate that with them. Not especially. Well, as in like, you know, you just go, oh, like, well, you know, I like this and you like that. No. And that's fine, right? You know? No, 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 no. It's, I clearly have the superior knowledge in music. Oh, right. well, okay. This wasn't yeah. the answer I was expecting, but go for it, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, that's, and that's a very similar scenario if you talk about, like, movies and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And if... We've all had heated arguments with friends about movies and books and stuff like this. And that's grand. And no one seems that's unusual. Yeah. So tell me this. Why is it when someone gives you their opinion on a place they went for something to drink or yeah. more especially something to eat, we're supposed to go, 
Oh, great. You're not allowed to swing around. That is shit. Why would you go there? Yeah. 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 I, didn't... I mean, generally speaking, I... Yeah, if I turn around to someone and go... If I ask someone... If someone says to me, like, oh, I went to such and such a place and I think it's shit. Yeah, I suppose there is that tacit kind of, like, well, there's no real controversy there. And I guess... Yeah. Are, are you going? Are you going for the maybe because people don't take it as seriously line? Well, what I'm curious about is on the flip side of what you said there is if someone came to you and was like, "Oh, it was great," and you've had bad experiences there, mm. like you're gonna you may be diplomatic, you'd be like, "Oh, it wasn't great." You're not gonna go. That's a pile of dog shit. Why would you eat there, right? <laughs> Whereas if you had felt if it was a movie that you hated, you'd have no problem doing it, right? I don't know, Jeff. Yeah. I, I think I'm getting an insight into the way you yeah, I think. express things. Like I don't know if. Certainly, if someone turned around, I do have similar arguments with Sinead, where mm. it would be, like, some of the music that she listens to, I'd say, I have, I've learnt not to say, what the fuck is that, right? Because it doesn't <laughs> go down well. Because um, people can be fairly defensive about mm. about their music. Do you think people get, do people get defensive about the their food and the places they eat and what it says about them or something? I, I think, see, in some way it does, because... You know, here's what's the weird thing about it, right? In my mind, it's definable, it's measurable. There's a standard by which food should be measured, how it's made quality-wise. You know, Whoa, well, okay. It is, it is, right? You can tell something if it's well-made, if it's cooked properly. Like something as simple as how a steak is cooked or whether the sauce is salty or something as simple as that, right? Whether the That's sauce very, is salty. Yeah, this is very <laughs> definable parameters. Whereas like with music and everything, it's very mm. personal taste. So it's kind of hilarious to me how you can have an argument with someone over personal taste or something you can't define. Because who am I to say that music is good or not? It's just not my taste. Whereas mm. a meal can be a bad meal, and that's very easy to define. That's really? You know? So you think that food, you think meals and food can be objectively assessed as quality or not? Hundred percent. Give me an example. Talk me through something. I know you said the sauce is too salty, but yeah. let's break it down a little. Bit. I mean, I okay, don't know if well, you want to name places, but no, I wouldn't. Look, I'm I like. You know, I'll probably mention some places that I like during this. Sure. Okay. But that's because, and it's not because I'm a shill or they're paying me. <laughs> my my thought is that, like, if I like a place, I'm going to tell someone about it because they deserve whatever. Yeah. If some place is bad, I may say it to you in person, but there's no benefit or advantage to me saying it on air because maybe by the time someone hears this, they'll have upped their game or they'll have changed what they yeah. did. And it's not yeah. fair for me to say this. No, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, okay, there's always the danger that maybe a place goes to shit as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in control of that and no. giving you a current um, measurement. No, I just think it's curious because, you know, in my mind, it's it's the concept of authenticity versus snobbery, okay? Right. So a place being authentic in what they do or authentic to the nature of what it is versus people like, okay, someplace new emerges and it becomes the hot thing because it's literally the hot thing right now. It's the trend or whatever. And we're supposed to automatically assume because they're on the... Better be very careful what I say here now because I, I can... feel like you've got specific ones in your head <laughs> there that you're. I feel this is a targeted critique. No, no, it's not. It's not. It's it's like you know whatever the current food trend, be it like you know Italian Asian street food, burgers, pizzas, whatever. Someone comes out, they do that at the time, and we're all supposed to assume that because they're doing it right now, mm. that it's automatically good. Yeah, but it's not. No, I don't think it is. All right, so a couple of like. When you say authentic yeah. versus not, like, what do you mean by it? When something's being done authentic and is, I assume, therefore, good food. Whittle that down a little bit for me here. Now, you're the connoisseur, by the way. Uh, we well, see, no, that's, I mean, that's, 
I wouldn't go around making a statement like that either. Like, okay, yes. <laughs> you may say so. Uh, I couldn't possibly <laughs> comment. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've worked in the industry. Yes, I've been in a lot of like, kitchens, whatever. It's fine. But what I'm saying is it's authentic to them. I, there's a difference between making authentic food and making food authentically. Okay? Oh, whoa. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, authentic You're going to have to break that down a yeah. more for me, too. <laughs> making, making authentic food, to me, would be representative of doing things that you say you're doing. You know, if you say right. that you're making a healthier food, then it has to be a healthier food. If you say that, you know, your food is sourced locally, it has to be sourced locally. Oh, yeah. that, you know, there's genuine, authentic messages you have to say. Authentically made food is a very different thing, and it's, there's very little of that in my mind around. But that's where a food is made as it would be traditionally speaking. So you're talking about, oh. if you look at a lot of the Indian restaurants in Ireland, right. okay, a lot of that cuisine isn't really Indian at all. It's a lot of it is, um, I know, because some, some of these guys would have worked for me in the past and they're, they're really nice lads, most of them, but most of them are from Bangladesh. So it's actually a Bangladesh version of Indian food. Right. Because okay. we don't want to eat real Indian food here. Just like with Chinese food, it's the westernized version of Chinese food that we're getting here. I mean, I've heard that before. You know, yeah. if you went and opened a genuinely authentically made, <laughs> you know, Chinese food, there's not a whole lot of Irish people who'd want to eat it. And I'm just using that as an example. It could be... Yeah any ethnic food so it's it's one thing to claim uh, asian street food my bollocks i'm sorry anyone who's been (laughs) anyone who's actually been to asia and had street food knows well you know there's not some lad doing 50 takeaways a night on the side of a corner you know with with no whatever dish you know well, you've got the benefit, first of all, of having experienced this, right? Oh, yeah, and that's fine. I'm, I, I, look, that's, that's, I'm just lucky that I have. But that, the same no, but applies give me, to... What I mean is give me an, an idea of like how it differs. Like, What's the difference between the Chinese that I get, which is really bloody good, by the way, just down the road here in my column, mm. and you know, Asian... I know they're not Asian street food and that they're not comparable, but you've got experience eating in China and whatever and Chinese food here. Like, like what are the big differences? Um, well, the palace would be made much different here i mean chinese people wouldn't really no (laughs) jesus i don't make a sweeping generalization here but it's a big country yeah (laughs) the food that i would eat the food that we would eat at home from a cantonese background Uh okay would be like if you go to anywhere in hong kong you're going to talk a fairly meat heavy diet there's always roast pork there's duck there's ribs jesus there's ribs everywhere you can't throw a stick or hidden rib yeah and pork it's pork 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 all the time well yeah okay um, but it's not like, okay, so one of the ones the lads used to make in the restaurant when the staff dinners, uh, like, I, I found even difficult as a steamed mashed up pork. Think about steamed that. Steamed mashed up pork? Yeah, this is, a, it's not what it's called, obviously, but like, if you could, like, <laughs> mince up pork and then steam it with black beans and something else. And it's just like, texturally speaking, we're not used to that here. So our brain looks at it and goes, no, thanks, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? No thanks, buddy. You know, like an infomercial in the US. <laughs> no thanks, buddy. <laughs> and that's just like one small example. Or there's uh, mapo tofu is like smelly tofu, right? It's this food. Smelly tofu. Yeah, it's there's one street in Hong Kong where they make it and the place stinks, but the food itself is massively delicious. <laughs> but your brain has to get past the smell part. Or durian fruit. Durian fruit. Some people probably have eaten it. It's it's. What the hell's durian fruit? Durian fruit is this like fibrous, texturous kind of like a weird pineapple. <laughs> okay. And again, 
it's it's very bovril as a fruit. Like I I like it and I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but other people even the smell of it is enough to make you gag. Like right. And it's just this weird funky and funky is the only way I could describe okay. it. You know. <laughs> but look, that's just my personal experiences and my point wasn't like Chinese food specifically or whatever it no. was more like there's been this explosion and um, you know bringing forth of so many food businesses in the last few months and that's great I think it's fantastic and <laughs> we should have more choice here and, and just look at me going like he's about to give out <laughs> well first of all I was trying to gauge how sincere that actually was yeah that's good that's fantastic yeah great <laughs> well look but <laughs> it's good because I think and I said this before here I think a change in our food culture or drink culture here is not going to be a bad thing. If people's way of interaction post-pandemic is mm. socializing in a different way that isn't focused around drink, I'm all for that. And whether that be going out for a cup of coffee and realizing they meet people during the day yeah. or having a better engagement with food as you know we do in other European countries. Yeah. My concern is that like you're going to see a shit ton of these businesses not last. And I mean a shit ton. Okay, you know? that's a big, that's a, a, a big, cli- like, that's a big claim. Well, I look, feel like I'm going to whittle it down. Hopefully like I, I'm very, very wrong. But look at every industry and how it's performed over the last years. Look at, like, say, a really good example is the craft beer industry. Yeah. Okay. We saw a massive explosion in spike in that. Yeah. And then there was a re- realization that the market would only hold so much and tons of those went away. Yeah. And the ones that survived are either the ones that were absolutely able to completely and utterly adapt or the ones who were able to sell out Coors, you know? <laughs> okay, yeah. You know. But um, but what I'm trying to understand, just so I'm totally on the same page as you and I understand your point here, I, I still want to properly define those business businesses specifically. So you're saying that there's a trend of businesses that have put, of specifically food business that has popped up. Food right? and drink, like, prime example is the coffee industry at the moment. It's great to see, like, mm-hmm. overall general better coffee available everywhere but as one of my friends sent me a meme the last time i think i sent it to you and it was a Mm -hmm. picture of a horse in a horse box and it was like why is that horse in that coffee shop oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah you didn't actually send that to me told me about it yeah so it's uh, right now every if i'd say if a caravan is parked for more than five minutes it's going to get turned into a coffee shop you know (laughs) so you think it's like the novelty stuff is taking away from the real what it is you're serving I think so. I think there's... And look, obviously I'm using coffee as an example because I just happen to be in the industry. Yeah. But there's there's a lot of brilliant, fantastic roasters in Ireland. But there's also a lot of of middle-of-the-road stuff. And the more middle-of-the-road and poor stuff that emerges just because they can right now, the more dilutes the value point of the people who are actually genuinely working hard and what they do. I totally get that. Like the entry level. The barrier to entry or whatever the term is. Well, there's no barrier to entry. There's no. no barrier to entry to being in business in Ireland in general. And there's definitely no barrier to entry to being in food in business in Ireland, as we discovered in the conversation that we had off air that I won't repeat beforehand. <laughs> but, you know, like, <laughs> it's great that people want to do it. But I've had some very worrying conversations with people who are entering this business in the last while who, you know, have asked me about some stuff that's going on with them. I mean, look talked to one particular group of people who are opening a business and quite literally of the group of them not one single person has ever served a hot drink or a meal in their life before not one never worked in a commercial kitchen never you know and they're going to go out there and do it and to be honest with you (laughs) unless they do an amazing job and I'm not saying that you have to cut your teeth in someone else's workplace beforehand 
You kind of are. But <laughs> what I am saying is that it's it's damaging to the industry in general. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's that's uh, that's what I was going to try and hold you to is, all right, so what's the fundamental point? And your point is that it's ultimately, if, if you let enough kind of... I don't want to sound really... Look, there's been a, a ton of people who have had businesses on the go for the last 10, 15, 20 plus years, whatever they are. I know some of them, a lot of them personally here in Galway, who have busted their ass to get through the last 18 months. Yeah. You know? They've put in the work, man. They have, you know, they've bled blood, sweat and tears. They've earned, they've done their miles. Yeah. You know? And then on the other side of it, there's people who are like, I've been sitting home for a few months. Jesus, let's make some donuts. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, you're a businessman, right? Mm. As much as you are also um, a, a, a cranky bastard, but well, yeah. <laughs> a, a cranky con- coffee connoisseur, right? Um, or you know, and look, to be clear, I'm not having to go at coffee places in general. I just, no, I'm just using it as absolutely you know. no, absolutely. But the point that I was going to make is, as a businessman, I suppose foremost to your mind is, well, what the market will decide, and those that mm. are good enough. So I guess what I was going to say is. Um, how, how much does it matter if will the public not kill them off anyway? Those that are kind of like chancing their arm, yeah. And, and the strong will still the strong. I mean, in terms of quality and or but am I? It's yeah. it's the way like that the food industry in a couple, couple of years ago, where the the price of labor continues yeah. to rise. There was a chef shortage in Ireland for a number of years. There. I don't know if you'd be aware of that, but yeah. it was a constant kind of debate of a shortage of chefs. How are we going to train chefs? Which I think we're returning to. Yeah. Actually. Coupled with that was a, a, a overall rise in the cost of ingredients and then a general perception among the public that the price of a meal could go down. Right. Okay. Well, what do you hold you know, responsible for that though? Well, look, you can't individually blame anyone. It's just the nature of the market forces. That's fine. But mm-hmm. when you have like big companies like... Um, Deliveroo and Uber yeah. and all these who uh, let, let's just actually you know what let's be fucking very clear about something here lads sure bollocks to Deliveroo okay oh yeah if you're buying off Deliveroo stop doing that yeah for a couple of reasons one they're totally dicks who don't treat their employees and they're actually not employees they're contractors as well at all yes and secondly and here, here's the fact lads 30% of the cost of the meal that you buy through Deliveroo is taken off that restaurant that doesn't matter really? if it's a 10 euro meal or a 100 euro meal 30% and they have small businesses by the balls to be honest with you yeah because they have no other choice but to operate that way fuck that yeah. go ring that restaurant directly give them the benefit of that 30% absolutely. absolutely that's that's their margin there's a golden rule in hospitality about a third a third a third of like food staff and, and overheads right yeah like you're taking away one of those thirds lads and you're not leaving that business with a choice because Deliveroo has quite frankly and this is where he steps whatever they've fucked them over and I know that personally from a couple of my friends in business in the last year wow bollocks to Deliveroo because they are one of the worst things to have happened to food in you know and absolutely who's going to do anything about it because they can't because they're small business so the power is in the end users you know like I've talked to so many businesses they're like geez if people would only call us directly we'd be, you know, we'd be happy to and, and that's the thing like you know okay fine if you're buying off your chain restaurants give a shit you know yeah <laughs> but if you're buying off smaller independent food owned businesses especially here in Galway like call them direct yeah because you know? then ultimately I guess this feeds into what you're saying is like if you're the only way you can make up for um, 
you know the losses that you're incurring by because of Deliveroo mm. is to just fire it out quicker. Yeah, and I guess as a result, the quality then drops, yeah. and you're yeah. firing out shit food. Yeah, but is Just Eat? Do you know if Just Eat's the same sort of thing? I don't know what their percentages is. It's been a while since, mm. um, like, I remember a few years ago when I was still in the restaurant business, I had one of these clowns come into me, and their thing was like, "Well, you need us. You won't be able to cope without us. You're just going to have to sign up." Oof. So they have the feeling they can come in and hold business owners hostage in their own business, you know. And uh, <laughs> it was comical. Like he was like, "Oh, it's thirty thirty percent, and we can't shift on that." And I was like, "That's fine. I'm I'm not interested." No, fuck him. So he goes out into the hall. And he goes, "Oh, give me a minute. See what I can do." And I'm standing there going, "Like, what's this flute doing?" Yeah. Now he didn't realize that there's a little mirror that we used to have to angle for security reasons to the left of the right. back. So he stood out there and waited for a few minutes, and then came back and he was like, "Oh, I called the office." I was like, "Did you now?" Wow. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, they can do like twenty eight percent." Get out. Oh, <laughs> you know, like, God. They're cartels, aren't they? Really? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what it is. It's the yeah. same with like Uber and... And oh, stuff other, like, yeah, yeah. Big monopolies. And like, what, what I find hilarious about that is like, you know, it, does it become more expensive to deliver an extra box of food? No. Like, there should be a cutoff point. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. But why would the carrot operate like that? Because, they, you know, they don't have to. No. You know? That's fucking shocking. Yeah. That's awful. You've just blown my mind on that those percentages. I didn't realize it was that bad. Oh, it's it's brutal. Fucking yeah, it's absolutely brutal. It's f- it's fucked it's crushing, room, yeah, man. It's crushing to small businesses. You absolutely. Know? Because you know, as I said, bigger chain ones or whatever can absorb that somewhere along the line and sure who's gonna argue like this is the thing, like you will order off a bigger chain and you won't argue the price, whereas you're likely to go and complain to a smaller independent business because you can actually go and talk to someone. Yeah, yeah, you that's know? a good point. That's a good point. They hide behind their kind of impersonal yeah. uh, kind of facade, I guess. But um, just one quick point because I don't want to turn this all political again. But yeah. it, I mean, the end users, we are. It's important that we support the local business as opposed to. But government could could be doing more. Like yeah. government could step in and go, well, actually. You know, yeah, because they've talked about like you know Airbnb and the damage it's doing to the rental market, and exactly. they've, they've tried to implement some sort of. But like, that's every market. If you just look around, there's not a single market that doesn't have that. You know, that's because we've lifted regulations so much, though. Yeah, I'd say that you, the antitrust kind of laws are coming into well, discussion of antitrust laws are coming into effect because of social media. The same thing. Yeah, you know, it's been allowed to dominate. You know, Google dominates fucking everything. You know, and it, we're slowly coming around to the fact, waking up to the fact that that kind of needs to be addressed. <laughs> and it's the same thing with food. Yeah, to yeah. go back to the point, is yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I suppose, like, you'd ask me what the topic was, and Lucy in my head, I'd said at the start, authenticity versus snobbery. Yeah. Um, and when I say snobbery, it's like, snobbery can be a bad thing, too, where people are judgmental of the nature of a business. So maybe let me clarify that a bit more. Too, because... You're making a value judgment, right? In certain businesses yourself. Why well, isn't that snobbery? No, it, it's, well, it sort of is. It, <laughs> my, my point is that, like, and I, I was saying to someone yesterday, they were talking about, like, the price of a bottle of wine or the price of a, a whiskey or whatever. The price of a meal to you or to anyone, the right price of that meal is whatever you can afford and are willing to pay. Okay? Yeah. So there's space in the market for everyone. There's space yeah. in the market for whatever the nature of that meal be. There's space in the market for a high-end, like, cooked from authentic ingredients, specialist, you know, seven-course, whatever. And that's absolutely fine. Totally. And that's there for the people who want that. And that's great. 
that doesn't mean that they are any necessarily better than the local takeaway who is okay churning out what might be seen as lower standard food but they're doing it to a good standard of yeah. what that food is yeah I as long you. as they have their own standards in place of how they operate in terms of portion size and ingredients and cleanliness i'm as equally as supportive of that business as i am of the guys who are going off and doing something amazing sure, and spectacular sure. does it all have to be like white glove exactly kind of yeah no so, absolutely and the problem is that we've been fed this vision of what food is and like i love all these food programs as much as anyone else and i i find them both fascinating and hilarious at the same time yeah because <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever worked in the industry something's fucking hilarious oh You're yeah like there's no way they did that at that time no, no way <laughs> you know i refuse to believe some of the stuff i see on <laughs> but that that meal that you have what was the expression our chef used to use? He was like, you're only ever as good as your last meal because you don't know what's happened to someone before they came through that door. Yeah. So you owe to them to give them the best experience of whatever that experience is. Yeah, Right absolutely. there and then. So there's a space for that no matter what it is. But the problem is that younger chefs are coming into the industry and like I'm not blanketing again here in general, but I had a friend who's an older chef who's worked in the industry that I would highly respect and has been chefing for 30 plus years. And I'll tell you something, you have to respect anyone who does a job like that that long and keeps their standards because it is mentally and physically draining. Oh yeah, awful, absolutely. It is absolutely draining. You do, no one knows how physical a job it is. Yeah. You know, standing that long, doing that thing under that kind of pressure. Oh yeah. But his whole thing was like, they were looking for, you know, junior positions and people are coming in and they're coming out of you know, their their college course or whatever it might be. And, I, you know, and it's great, but he's like, they were like, oh yeah, I love this guy. And, you know, um, I'm super into foams and gels. And, you know, yeah. and he's like, right, um, can you make a mayonnaise? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. How about mayonnaise? Can you make me one of those? Because yes. that's where you would be starting. Yeah. You know? And they're like, oh, I have these great ideas. And he's like, you're not, not here to come in and give me ideas, young lad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's, I mean, I'd, I'd have to say that something's been lost along the way in terms of like we could, we could go on another big that's a whole other subject but to try and keep it brief yeah. it's like there's been such a hollowing out of like apprenticeships and like trade work and a focus on the kind of university academic system which has in turn become this like money system yeah like just milling people out and giving them at points i don't now i don't want to sound like a snob yeah. but qualifications at points and you're like how is that even a fucking degree yeah, you know, um, and just admitting it, and then these these people come out, and you know, perhaps to no fault of their own, they come out going, "Well, I'm qualified." Yeah. Um. So I'm something of maybe an expert or specialized in something. I deserve to be in such and such a position. And you're like, well, but you haven't had any hands-on, yeah, real life experience of this. Yeah, yeah. And I guess the same with like chefs, you know. Oh, and this is why, and it doesn't matter what the degree is. I think everybody, the more than like in Germany, where they make you join the army for a year. Here, everybody should do Did they still do that? Well, I, maybe they, I don't know. There's, there's a couple of the countries that do that still. Yeah. But my point is, like, everyone should be forced to do six months in retail and six months in hospitality <laughs> before they're, you know, yeah. Allowed, yeah. ever allowed to go out for a meal, you know, like, or, or to buy something in a shop. Yeah. It's a funny thing, actually. I remember saying to my parents when I was like 14, I think, or something. So be- below, obviously, legal working age anyway, but I was like, you know, I'd really like to. I'd really like to maybe get a job in a cafe or something or get, you know, a summer job, just whatever. And my mom kind of being like, yeah, that's probably, that's probably not a bad idea, really. And my dad kind of going, no, 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 no. Why would you do that? You know, we'll we'll try and get you something better. Yeah. The automatic, going to the snobbery point, the automatic sense of, well, if you can avoid the hard labor, then do so. 
And it's like, but there's so much to be learned and gleaned from that. You know, even if it's not monetary, because it doesn't have to be monetary. And it doesn't have to be status. Although I think, I think some of the the most admirable people in the world are the people who pick up the garbage in the cities and keep the place fucking clean. Yeah. You know? Um, Pretty thankless job, especially right now. Like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially when they're running around after these fucking students. Yeah. Get it, I, I don't want, I've been a student. I don't want to go off on students, but all the youngsters are getting yeah, drunk. I, and again, I think the point there is it's, it's not specifically students. It's just like, quite frankly, go and drink. Dude, it's fine. But just pick your shit up afterwards. Yeah, exactly. And you don't know. think that the world... Owes you someone to come and pick up your litter. Exactly. Exactly. Because it's your fucking litter. Fucking right. We're, you know? we're covering all bases yeah, today. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, we're com- Sorry I yeah. feel like I took us off a, yeah. on a tangent there. No, but. I mean, look, the, the, the side note I had for this, you know, 700 China. Yeah, notes? Make some, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, well, it's, it's about five words. <laughs> Andrew does research and, and preps for episode. I write like five words and I just riff on it. <laughs> but the, the side note I had was like choosing better things for the right reasons. Choosing better things for the right reasons. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're going to elaborate on that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it was just like supporting a business because they do some good. Supporting a business yeah, because yeah, they do some good. <laughs> Sorry, I, he's I, up and ranting and walking around. I my the room. microphone away there for a minute. Um, <laughs> and another thing. <laughs> so, yeah, I suppose I'm, it, this all makes so much sense in my head, but you know, it's, oh yeah, it's a so special place to be. Up. It's there's so many businesses out there who are working so hard, yeah, and maybe they're not the coolest, fanciest, sexiest of businesses, but what they do, they do very well, and they yeah. do with real genuineness. They may be doing it over the last few years. They may be a third-generation family business. Who knows? I talked to a gentleman in um, a business here in Galway. And, you know, actually, you know what? I'm going to mention them because I think they're great and I really like them. Um, Osteria d'Italiana. Um, oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I, I know a few of my friends who... Although I'm saying, oh, yes, but where are they based? They're on, I think it's called Francis Street. You're crossing the Black Gate, whatever that street is there. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, really good food. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was doing some photography work for them recently. So I was in the chef. In the, in the chef? <laughs> I was in the kitchen with the chef. Don't Ooh. ever be in the chef. Well, yeah. whatever floats your boat, I guess. <laughs> I was in the kitchen with the chef and yeah. watching him work, it became pretty obvious to me pretty quickly that he knew very much what he was doing. Right. In like a really talented but modest kind of way. Is he Italian? He's Italian. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Authentic. Um, and to him, it was no big deal. He talked about like, oh, but initially we do this. And I was like, we don't in Ireland. I was like, that's not the food culture we have here. And he was slightly concerned. He was like, oh, well, like, you know, I want to do it the real way, the way we do it at home. So I got a lot of my ingredients from Italy. And I just don't know how people would feel because, you know, you obviously want to support Irish made. And I was like, I think it's freaking great. Yeah. I was like, you're the real deal. You're doing Absolutely. it genuinely as it should be. Absolutely. I was like, I don't think anyone's going to be upset that, you know, you're you're buying your ingredients as they should be, the way they should be made in Italy. I mean, yeah. obviously, as you said, any meat and beef and all that has to come from Ireland, which, and that's fine. But, yeah. you know, he's bringing me into his kitchen and showing me, like, the the specific type of tomatoes he gets from this place. And cool. he, he, the, the cheese, because he likes this guy in the way, you know. Cool. And I was like, you know what, man? I was like, you have a story to tell there. And yeah. your story is just like being passionate about what you did and bringing that here to Ireland and working your ass off to make it, you know, like, and again, you know, it's, it's straightforward. It's simple food. It's pastas and lasagnas and pizzas and stuff, but it's done in a really authentic and, uh, and, and really <laughs> a, re- a genuine way. Yeah. I can really feel the, 
the passion off of off of you on this subject. Like you're 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 big on your good food and your you're you're just yeah keep keep saying it authentic but yeah but like i think sincere anyone who has worked this hard or has been in this industry knows how much it takes to serve a good meal yeah and then you're expected to do that again another 50 times that night and then again tomorrow and again tomorrow with all the roadblocks that are put in place these days between like you know the cost of goods staff shortages you know bloody review sites don't even get me started oh yeah nonsense of this stuff yeah you know like what's the barometer for those what gives people the right to have one bad day and leave a shit review that could be damaged to someone's business yeah you know i don't get to go watch you photocopy some stuff for work and judge you yeah. like you know <laughs> like come on like you know yeah but um yeah simone is this man's name um he's a really nice man he works yeah. really hard he has a young family he's busting his balls to try and do something good and i think people like that i'm not saying just just specifically him but that's just one example of, of a kitchen i've been in here in Galway, and I've seen how it's been done, you know, and to do the food, and it, that becomes, and like we're crossing over into like simple Italian food there, yeah. Okay, and then you see another group, restaurant I love is like Il Vicolo here in Galway, which I've never, I've never been to. Sinead's been to, on a like, oh, yeah, you definitely should go, you know, yeah, because it looks beautiful. It looks sometimes really you might need to have the menu explained to you because like it's such. So deeply, truly Italian that like you won't recognize the names of the, the dishes. I, I speak and, Italian, and, but yeah. sure. Well, yeah, but there you go. You understand <laughs> the names of the dishes and the cheeses yeah. and stuff. But like again, they've set out their stall and they're doing, um, you know, a really truly like this is how it would be. Yeah, you know, and there's lots of places that are doing that. But then there's also lots of places that are having to make compromises because our concept of what that food should be is is warped by. Yes, you know. Yeah, I get like it's one of those you know it's the same in the arts it's the same in you know and yeah so literature theater music whatever there's this sense of like on the one hand you want your art to and your food by extension which is a form of art really to yeah. be a to be sincere and from from the heart but on the other hand you know a lot of people they do just want mcdonald's sometimes mm. and you end up if you're trying to cater for both audiences, yeah. you know, you start watering it down. Yeah. Never water down your food. Yeah. <laughs> or your tip, alcohol, for yeah. that matter. Tip number one. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Uh, have you ever seen uh, the movie La Vita Bella? Life is Beautiful. No, I haven't actually. Uh, I really should. I know. Oh, I've heard. Yeah. Amazing film. Amazing. But anyway, um, there's one part in that where Roberto Benini has moved to, I think it's he's moved to Rome, and he's been given a job by his uncle yeah. as a waiter. But they train up, this is old Italy back in, this is on the cusp of the Second World War, right? So mm. this is 1930s yeah. um, Italy, and it's all training him up to be a waiter, mm. right? Now, I, you know, I've been a waiter, I've been a bar uh, dude and whatever. I, um, you get uh, like an initial bit of training and then in you go. But there was a time where to be a waiter in Italy was profession like, yeah, yeah it was taken fairly seriously yeah. let alone a chef i mean a chef was the artiste you yeah, know yeah. he was whatever and i you know you want to be wary of nostalgia and like looking back especially in this kind of trumpian brexit kind of world but it, i do feel sad and it's the same with like trades and things again that a lot of that is being lost mm. and being made way for this disposable throwaway yeah. Whether it's the food or the service or the people, it's just so quick, quick, quick. Yeah. There's no art to it anymore. Yeah. You know? It's a shame. It is. I but guess what we're saying really is like, I'm, I'm not saying that snobbery is a bad thing, but be snobby about how it's being done as opposed to what it is. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Although that says, like you, you obviously, you know your coffee, right? Mm. I, as someone who would inhale coffee like fucking water. Yeah. I don't know how discerning I am, although I do have a few spots I prefer and everything. Yeah. But can you, would you say, like, are you able to kind of, you'll taste, if if someone gives, lays out five different coffees, mm. you know, you could go, oh, this is of a good quality because this is of a poorer quality because you've got that kind of sense to it. Well, yeah, I mean, like at this stage, you'd know even just visually from perception of stuff, right. you know, I mean, you know, like we spend so much time, but like, you get to know your own specific equipment. So like we'd obviously know when we're dialing in the shop here, we know visually by the sound, like, you know, I can tell from halfway across the room if it doesn't sound right, you know, just really, yeah, but like you do anything enough times, you kind of get used to a barometer for it, don't you? Yeah, you get yeah. used to measuring how, you know, that's just nuts to me. It's so yeah. just obviously, um, yeah, I mean, like, she's a better hope I don't get challenged this, but I would like to think if someone put five coffees in front of me. Um, but again, like, I'm I'm not saying that, like, snobbery in your coffee is a good or a bad thing either. There's a market, again, some people want quality coffee. Some people just want coffee for 150 or two euros or whatever. I don't, you know. Yeah. And, and that's fine because they're not my customer and they never will be. And I don't need... <laughs> well, no, no, what I mean by that... No, no, no. What I mean by that is like... Take your bad taste no, 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 and no. fuck there's, off. There's nothing I can offer them that they're looking for. Yeah. For them, it's value is the perception point. And that's absolutely fine because yeah. that's fair enough. You know, I'm not saying... Look, you know, people can go around and be wine snobs and whiskey snobs. But there's a lot of people in the world who don't drink alcohol. So what the hell are you ever going to do to get their business? Nothing. You literally That's a very good point about wine, though, because you, you still know? have stock in wine here as well, mm. right? Yeah. Um, so, because there have been, like, I can't remember the, the exact details of this particular experiment, social experiment they tried, but okay. where, you know, they laid out, like, a bunch of different wines in the same plastic white cup and asked people to pick which ones were yeah. the expensive ones. Which, yeah, yeah. Or they told, that actually, they told people, these ones are expensive, these ones are cheap. Which do you prefer? Yeah, yeah. And they went, they all kind of went, oh, well, we prefer the expensive ones. And what they'd actually done Was is reversed. flip it. Yeah, of course. Right? So, yeah, yeah. you know, there's a lot of social status perception thing that comes into it. Yeah. And I think there's been so much of this, there's been so much of people feeling disillusioned by experts and expertise mm. that yeah, yeah. if you, Jeff, come along and say, well, this is the better coffee, a lot of people feel equipped now to say well i'll be the judge of that mm. right yeah Which is, or wine you're yeah, stocking wine now yeah that's fair enough because genuinely some people are better tasters like physically better tasters yeah. than other people some people have a better capacity to both perceive different levels of taste but also to describe different levels of taste and some people have trained themselves to do that yeah. and some people are just naturally better at that like yeah. you know like your super tasters and stuff as they call them but super tasters. Oh yeah, there's a small percentage of people who have uh, much more um, discernible levels of taste and stuff. Yeah. Wow. Look it up afterwards. It's amazing yeah. stuff. The, a lot of them go into like high end food businesses and stuff. But, wow. Um, I suppose my point is that you got to remember too that we're going to be captive to what we've learned. Yeah. So if you can't ask people who've never, you know, had like a Michelin star meal to tell you what they liked about it because if it's their first experience it's going to be such a out there kind of concept yeah you know yeah um, and I suppose you clarify that that's like that sounds kind of wanky but my point is like you don't necessarily know when something tastes better just because of the price point 
if no. you ha- if you haven't had your palate equipped, you know, if you haven't exposed yourself to lots of different tastes, yeah. how will you know when something's going to be bad? And maybe you just don't like, you know, maybe some people just don't like this stronger flavor profile of something. Yeah. And for some people in in their head, like this is one myself and my Tom talk about in the coffee course is like one word that gets bandied around an awful lot on in coffee is strength. Oh, I like a good strong coffee. People say it to me, and you're like kind of a moot point the general caffeine level of any coffee poor or bad is relatively really yeah relatively the same what they mean is the strength of flavor yeah you know right. and in their head the strength of flavor the more coffee it tastes the more caffeine there isn't it but the actual variation in caffeine is negligible really like, yeah like you, I didn't know you can only extract a certain percentage between 7 and 12 percent is all you can extract from a shot of espresso unless you're doing something really funky you know <laughs> which is know. real deep nerd shit that I'm not even going to go into right now. Well, that's interesting. But, I'd like to know more know, about that at some point. But people have this concept in their head, like, oh, I like a strong coffee. And what they really yeah. mean is, like, I like a strong flavor profile, which yeah. I will automatically assume to mean that there's more coffee in that coffee. Yeah. And it's like you said, it's like telling people, oh, these are the expensive wines. And yeah. because you've led with that information, you know, your brain will pay tricks on you. Yeah. Yeah. It, I remember, uh, so I'd, I worked in specifically a coffee shop for all of two weeks yeah. uh, in Glasgow, uh, Avenue Coffee. Pretty good coffee. Yeah. Their own roasters and everything yeah, as well. Yeah. And part of the interviewee slash hiring process was they did, we had a tasting yeah. kind of session where it was like, can you mark on a piece of paper what's like umami, what's mm. kind of sweet, what's kind of sour yeah, and all yeah. this, which I did terribly at. Yeah, yeah. Because um, part of the problem was I was a heavy smoker at the time. Yeah, yeah. And... When I did say to her, well, I smoke it, she was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to hire you if you smoke. They took it that seriously, yeah, yeah. right? Um, I don't know that, like, I respected that so much that there was mm. this kind of, like, this sense of, well, you've really got to know your stuff yeah, to yeah. kind of deliver it. But I'm, what, then again, there is a market for someone like me who, you know, I'll chuck back a McDonald's coffee if it will get me there. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, let's be clear. I'm, I'm not, like, shitting on other places here. What I'm saying is, if you want to make your choice to support a place or if you want to give them your business whatever, do it for the right reasons. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what it is that you enjoy as long as you're supporting people who merit your support. You know? That's a very good point. Yeah, there's a market, like I said, there's a market for everyone, there's a space for everyone, but just yeah. because someone opens their doors and says that they're doing this or they're good at it, like, that, what does that mean? That's, that's just marketing. That's just everyone talking about themselves. There is, and there's a whole other discussion to this as well, but I do wonder if there isn't a, an element of if you respect yourself enough, you will pick better yeah. stuff. And if yeah. you you almost owe it to yourself to yeah. look out for that kind of good stuff. It's not just about, although I think that's, to my mind, you know, from numerous conversations, yeah. supporting smaller businesses, smaller businesses and, you know, People who are sincere and genuine about things, whatever is all what it's what I'm about. Like, yeah. but um, you hold it to yourself as well as a consumer to be able to go. Well, I really I got kind of the best mm-hmm. kind of something there for me. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, look here. Here's an interesting point. It's like a lot of these big companies, the ones that are chains, or whatever, they set up their stall for consistency, and that sounds fantastic. Yeah, right? but food is a natural product. So if I get something today and it tastes exactly the same in two weeks' time, I'd be deeply fucking concerned. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'd sooner have a general standard than something that tastes exactly the same. Like, the, do you know how hard that is to achieve? What oh, of course. Must go on there. <laughs> isn't there a on that note? Isn't there a McDonald's burger somewhere in like Iceland or something that's been? Have you heard about this? Has been encased in a glass, uh, like exhibition case since. Oh, and it hasn't rotted, or and whatever. it hasn't yeah, rotted yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that fucking nuts? Yeah. And he, people put that into their bodies. Like, yeah. oh, it's like from. I think there's elements of formaldehyde and stuff in. I don't know, but I do know that there is um, a few great books that I will link to in this notes. Um, one of them is by a lady called I think it's Joanna Blythman. It's called What We Eat. I've um, heard of that actually. Yeah, yeah, it kind of breaks down a lot of like, you know, it's like, hey, you buying cauliflower over there? Why is that available this time of year? You know, again, it's like it just yeah. breaks down what what products you know are how you should expect them to be when you should eat them. Just simple stuff like that. It's kind of a bit eye opening, and there's um, there's a few other great books, kind of like on the history of food. It's um, look when I did my course a few years ago, um, my submission for my short thesis was a topic that was. I get this title right now. Um, convenience eating and the degradation of food. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Convenience so. eating and the degradation of food. Yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> oh, well, we won't, I won't because we're now like 40-something minutes into this podcast <laughs> and no one wants to listen to that. Oh, cliffhanger. <laughs> my, yeah, here, come back next week. I'll read you all 10,000 <laughs> words. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Ah. <laughs> yes, I got one more laugh in. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I guess my point is like, I feel like we've we've gone very broad at the mark here. We started, you know. I really hope that a lot of these smaller businesses make it, but what I think is, you got to work really hard to do your homework. Yeah, for yourself as a business owner and as a consumer, and if you can support small business, absolutely do. But just just maybe do a little bit of homework. You know? You're here. Anyways, that's that's Ranty Jeff. Sorry, that's just that's been bothering me. Something in particular pissed me off earlier on, so I just kind of. No, I'm glad you elaborated yeah. on that because when you when you initially kind of um, floated the idea behind me, I was like, I'm still not entirely sure what you mean when you're distinguishing between authentic and snobbery yeah. and relating it to the food interest industry specifically. But now I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, tons of show notes, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> Tons of show notes. A few recipes. Yeah, a few recipes, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I expect we've probably lost about 10% of our listenership after me being a dick there. But hey. Not at all. Oh, you know what, though? We've got, and I always can't pronounce the fucking name of the place. Yeah. E-A-N. What's the? Ain. Ain. Mm-hmm. We've got Ain. Uh, the owner. The yeah. owner of Ain coming on yeah. for and the yeah. next episode. Yeah. So we're going to have to pick up a little bit from his perspective as well on what that's. He's, they're recently opened, right? Yeah, uh, they opened, they were due to open, I think, in like March or April of 2020. And then that got pushed back, obviously, until the first kind of stage of easing of restrictions. Maybe it was August or something. I'm struggling to remember the timeline here at this stage. I'm still in March of 2020 at this stage. I know, yeah. Yeah, so, and, uh, you know, Michelin Star Chef, um, a man who knows a lot about food, but is also a very genuine down-to-earth man who I'm really looking forward to having a chat with. And... He is doing, I believe, a master's in food safety, I think it is at the moment. And I don't mean he's in like, you know, your burger will stab you. It's more like food safety is in 
Oh, drifting from the mic again. So yeah. <laughs> food safety is in, like, you know, where's the world going to be, Ash? Yeah. Where are we going to be? And that's... Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, kind of yeah. Shit. I could be completely wrong here now. <laughs> I've had a conversation with him about his thesis, so we'll find out next week. Ah, cool. But something in that nature. Um, so that is it for this week, I think. And cool. Andrew, do you have any, uh, any notes or shout-outs or anything you want to mention before we... I don't have shout-outs so much as... Now, this is really awful, but we were talking Imbibe. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. If that's the roaster that we came across, that's... Um, yeah, well, Imbibe is one of our roasters that we stock here in, in the shop. And Gary, the owner of it, is a man who runs his business in a very ethical way with percentages of their business going back into his employees, women's aid, various charities. Uh, one of the people they source from in Colombia, one of their coffees called El Puente, a percentage of the the sales from that coffee go to build footbridges in the area for safer passages. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fucking, so, yeah. Um, we haven't even asked him yet, but we're going to invite Gary to come in and talk to us about like running an ethical business. Yeah, I'd with love a few, that. A few heads like that that we think run businesses, which kind of ties into what we've been talking about, run businesses in a very kind of ethical and like specific way. Yeah, because you can have a successful, as we were saying, you can have a success, you can have a fucking supermax if you want to, and I'm, I don't give There's a shit. There's nothing wrong with that. It. Yeah. That's fair enough, but as long as you do it right and treat your staff right, and you that's know. it. So long as yeah. you know the, the admirable thing is that you're also doing it in symbiosis mm-hmm. with, or in synergy with yeah. the 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 people that you're working or employing employing yeah. your customers in the community at large. That's yeah. anyway. Yeah. So in by roasters, yeah. fucking in a few weeks, kudos. hopefully. Yeah. Okay, so guys, thanks so much for joining us this week. We will catch you on the next episode. On the flip side, bye bye. <laughs>